Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to chat all about closure, its ins and outs, its ups, its downs, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> mostly the ups. And uh, yeah, take, take a look at what you can get done in closure. So what are you curious about? What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about uh, in terms of closure? Yeah. Uh, if you'd like us to uh, talk about anything uh, that you would like us to talk about, <laughs> um, reach out on Twitter at Closure Design or feedback uh, at closuredesign.club for email people uh, or hop into our Closure Design dash podcast channel on the Closure and Slack and we'll chat there. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. And we are back this week after launching a worldwide esports league. <laughs> <laughs> it kept us busy. We were up a day and night getting that off the ground. Uh, if Yeah, if you ever want to chat esports, you can also send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club. We would love to hear from you. But uh, we're back, to, we're back <laughs> in our podcast to uh, talk about closure again. Talk about the the web of complexity and all of the all of the fun opportunities, uh, not problems that we get to encounter <laughs> when when developing web applications. So, what are we talking yeah. about today, Christoph? Well, today, so so where we've been is we've been talking about all the layers, the layers of the web, right? The layered web, and just just all the layers that your request has to go through. And and so you got your I/O layer and and the Java area, and then it gets into the middleware that that Ring helps provide, right? So we move into the Ring abstraction and and all the middleware functions, and then finally, kind of the last function at the end of your big ball of composed function is is a handler. And so today, uh, I thought we would talk about the handlers. And getting some work done, right? Not not just not just bucket brigading data <laughs> down the path and back out again, but actually, let's get some work done in these web handlers. What do you think, Nate? <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I suppose we could. You know, usually when you're starting off, you you want to have a function that like you know adds two numbers or you know uh, reverses a string or something like that, just to make sure that your web stack works. Uh, but eventually, echo. You know, what's that? <laughs> echo, echo, <laughs> echo, echo the input back, right? Like, yeah. like that's, that's, that's one that I end up doing a lot. But yeah. then, but then, you know, you, you kind of usually want to get something done, you know, uh, like affect the world, make some changes to the, yes. uh, more than just, you know, your computer warming up your room. Um, if you want to find the temperature of your room, you got to reach out to something, you know, you got to, you have to deal yeah. with what we call resources, you know, it's resource management time right. here on the podcast. Right. Yeah. It, I <laughs> mean, I, it'd be great. And to... I don't mean project management, resource management. That's like a whole different <laughs> podcast. We're talking about actual resource management, not humans. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yes. Yes. This is not, this is not the HR of closure. <laughs> Sorry for anyone that had a, a a reaction to that. No, no, please, please continue <laughs> to listen to us. Yes. So, so yeah, we we want to get work done, and to get work done, we have to mutate the world generally, right? I mean, it, we you want to save data that involves mutating the world, right? You want to <laughs> load it back up again? Well, hey, that's I/O, right? <laughs> 
So yes, we could we can definitely abstract these like pure computational functions. But at the end of the day, a lot of the handlers that, that I know you and I write, Nate, involve some kind of I.O., some kind of like writing things out to a database or sending things off into a message bus and so on and so forth. So the trick is this handler function, it's going to need to, for the purposes of this discussion, need a, it's going to need a database handle. It's going to need, it's going to need the, the tool of I.O. so it can write the thing down or read the thing out again. Yeah, it needs a handle. It needs uh, some way of, 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 of referencing that external resource. And I think I think databases are probably one of the more common resources that we need in our applications. I mean, sometimes you want to reach out to an API or do something else, but by far, uh, it's, it's uh, the number one goal is to either write something down or to read something we wrote down before and, um, and assemble it some way that's useful for the, right. for the requester. So yes, database well, handles is definitely what we want to start with. I guess we should have a quick caveat on the assumption. Yes, we are assuming that you already have a database handle that you would like to hand off to the handler in some way so it can get work done. Because we are also <laughs> assuming you are not going to open and close a database connection on every web request call. We we do not recommend doing that. <laughs> that would be... Unless you want to see your database and your web server fall over together. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I mean, it's not, it's it's not the worst idea in the world to to do that because then you do know that it will be closed. So you know, you're not going to lose any connections or lo- uh, leak any connections if you inside of your request handler um, open your database. I guess that, and you know, if you get two requests a day, it might not be the end of the world. <laughs> right. So you could you could certainly. So I guess Plan A, Plan One, <laughs> Plan Zero is opening. Oh yeah, plan zero. Open and like create your <laughs> database connection in your handler, right? So you you reach over to your database API, you uh, you uh, open the connection. But once again, we still have a problem. Let's say we even want to do that. Like, where are we opening the connection to? You know what what is what is the the IP or the host name of the database, right? Like this handler does not live on a desert island alone. <laughs> it yeah, needs I guess you to need know to... stuff inject uh, configuration at that point. So you're still, you still need to inject something, even if that, that something is like a connection string. Right. So, so these handler functions, which are just, you know, pure, well, they're not pure functions. They're, they're, they're the lowly yet powerful, simple function. And it, it still needs to have information in it. So, so how do we get, how do we get information to these functions? Right. I know Nate, you and I are a big fan of using component to to sort of manage all of these resources at the application level. Yeah, definitely. It's a component <clears throat> or or you know, uh, integrant or any of the the, the the anything in that in that dependency injection space um, is is a good solution for for actually managing making sure your resources are all available and 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 that there are are you can assemble them in a dependency order you know you know you want to start your database connection first before your web handler because your web handler needs to know about your database connection and then you need to have you know like it it's it usually it's a, a way of, of expressing those kind of dependencies so we use component um it's simple it's been yeah. around for i don't know how long, eight years nine i mean it's been I mean that's a long time in closure years. <laughs> it's like yeah, component and integrant, um, which are probably I would say some of the most popular ones. There, I know there's um, there's another one I can't think of off the top of my head 
their system and there's mount anyway yeah mount yes mount is the one um they they all solve the same fundamental problem of you have a par- portion of your application that needs a resource that's made by a different portion of your application and you and you need to connect them up right and so they have a declarative way of doing that and so it, we've talked about component in this podcast before and we can link to that in our show notes but basically you need to make a component so we'll we'll just use component for for this episode today but we we have a component that creates connects to the database and and returns a handler and then that handler database handle i should say not handler the database handle then can get passed into the web component and each of these components has like a start and a stop method right or it might be called like an init and a halt <laughs> Depending on begin and end, mm. you know, we can yes, come up with all yes. kinds of English words, English pairs, <laughs> create, destroy, but yeah, start and stop in, um, Spawn, in component exterminate. Yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, we need to make our own just for colorful, colorful handler names. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. and so you call start on the database component. It gives you a database handle back. So like we were using MongoDB a lot. So give you a MongoDB handle. MongoDB handles thread safe. It reconnects. It does all these things for us. So we don't have to worry about a lot. And then, and then, then that will pass the MongoDB handle into the start method um, of, of the, the web, web component. component. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that start method does stuff, right? Yeah. The, the web component, because the, the, you, you you generally speaking, I think every time I've ever made a a web handler or a, a you know a, a ring handler, you I've only ever made it at the, at the start of the application. I de- generally speaking, you d- you don't tend to make them a lot throughout the running time of your application. So it's only really important at the very beginning when you need to assemble that function when you need to have the database handle available to you. And so in that in the start function for the web component, you know, you, you, now you have, you have the two things you need to mix together. You need to, you have the database handle and you have your handler, uh, the actual web handler uh, function, and you need to mix them together. And so the next step is, is you need to decide, you know, how, how you go about doing that. And, uh, right. And, and I think we, I think we have a couple options for that. Um, well, certainly like, so the, the main step before, like, so because ring, everything's a function, right? You have to compose all your middleware parts together and then hand it that that single function, which is really the composition of all these little functions, right? Mm. So why don't we just uh, compose the database connection in there somehow? What do you think? Uh, uh, make some middleware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So you start off by by just making a function that takes a database handle, and it returns a function that takes the 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 request, but then in that request, like in in the in that in 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 the body of that that function it returns, it needs to somehow pass the database handle to the handler, and right. And like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about hand, uh, uh, um, middleware, the only way that middleware can pass data is through actually modifying the request map itself. And so we end up having to do like, you know, DB slash handle or whatever as a key in the request hand in the request map um, so that we can, so to speak, tell the handler what the database handle is, you know? Right. So middleware functions, a higher order function that takes the, the, the 
I like to call it like the chain, but the next handler in the chain. And then it's going to wrap it and it's going to return a function, which is the wrapped handler, you know? And so it, it, it can, so in this case, our middleware, to kind of summarize what you said, the, our middleware function, it's going to take a database handle and then it's going to take the middleware chain, the chain function. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then it's going to add the database handle into the request map and then call the, the handler chain. So that everything after that can see the database handle in, I, I think, db slash handle, like for your key, you know, colon db slash handle, so namespace keyword. That works for me. Sure. Yeah, it still it feels like it feels like we're, we're messing with it a little too much. I, I, it feels like we're, we're putting information into the request that is not, is not part of the request. It is useful to make the request happen. Uh, or to make the request, yeah. you know, uh, consumable, but it is not really part of the request. It always feels like right. We have only one way of getting data in, so we might as well use that data that that way. Um, right. But it feels I a little like dirty putting, still. Yeah, I don't like putting like really stateful things in the request map. Personally, yeah, like exactly. like when you want to log stuff out, something went wrong. You know, like if you're putting atoms and you're putting like IO handles and all this in the request map, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, I got one, I got, I got one, one tool, <laughs> right? If everything is a nail, all, every, wait, if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail, right? Exactly. So I, I don't know what I like to do is the actual, so at the end, kind of at the end of this chain, it's going to call the handler function itself, right? So in our code, we, we typically have a function we call routes and we're using composure to kind of set up all these routes, right? And so routes returns a, ha a single handler function and composure gives us a nice syntax for basically breaking this up into different routes, right? And so in the, in, for each route, uh, composure, we, we provide it the function that is going to get called to do the actual work. And so in right. our routes function, um, I like to pass all of our IO resources that are needed to the routes function. And then it can partial those IO resources in to the handler functions that need them. Right. And so, so oh. you have a handler function that takes like, I, like, let's say in this case, it will take two arguments instead of just taking, instead of just taking request as its sole argument, it will take DB and request as its arguments. Right. But the DB will get partialed in it when the routes, the routes function does its thing and sets up all the routes. Yeah, I, I, I and and I think it's a really you you said it, but I want to highlight it. It's really cool because then you can just pass the you can just partial in the resources that are needed for the routes that need them, the fun the particular, the specific handlers that need a database connection, rather than having every route have access to a database connection, even if it's not doing anything useful uh, with the database at least. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can you can know just by glancing at your route uh, assembling function, which of the subroutes, so to speak, <clears throat> needs a database connection. But I, I also yeah. like it because now your route handler function has a list of all the resources that it needs. So like, you know, I like a save user is a, is a, is a handler function and it takes the database and a request. And so in my, in my fiddle, uh, 
And if you don't know what yeah. fiddles are, uh, we have a, a series. We'll we'll link to it. Uh, but it's anyway, like episode episode thirteen, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's quite a while ago. Um, but it but it's still uh, valid. We use fiddles all the time. But in my fiddle, I can basically create a database function manually and then make a request map and and pass it into that function and and, and really quickly and, and and easily iterate on that function by itself. And I don't have to deal with any of the uh, ring comp- uh, composure middleware stack. That's all a separate concern, and I can just I can just really fast, really quickly iterate on that function by itself. Yeah, and so here's where you get into kind of the considerations of development. There's two very viable ways you can go. You can shove things into the request map, or you can pass things in as as parameters. But but as a developer, it's nice to make that request map just be pure things like pure data. And, and not put resources in it, right? And then it's nice to pass those resources in as parameters so that when you're reading reading the function, you're like, okay, uh, it needs the database. It needs, you know, I, I'm trying to remember what other resources. Oh, the message, the message queue IO handle too, right? And okay, and then it gets a request map, which is going to be some some amount of pure data. You know, all the encoding, decoding stuff we talked about last week, um, it, that, that all takes a pure data and produces pure data, right? So, so it's nice and clean. And, and by, by making your resources parameters, it kind of highlights the resource dependencies that are needed instead of just hiding everything in requests. Like now you have to know, oh, request map has special stuff in it. Um, but there, there'd be no real obvious way to know that in the code, aside from reading through the function body and go, oh, look, it, 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 it pulled the rabbit out of the request hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things that I, I've, I've grown allergic to in my old developer age is, is, is solutions that are clever. Like stuffing it in the request map seems to be like a clever solution, but it ends up being harder to use, uh, harder to look back on and go back into uh, later, um, yeah, which is more surprising, which is not fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, so like the nice thing about having this like routes function, right, where everything comes together is you can compose up the appropriate middleware for each of the routes too, right? So like it, let's say the route is like a JSON API endpoint, then you can compose for that handler, you compose the JSON encoding decoding middleware on for that specific handler, right? Or, yeah. or you know, if it's a WebSocket handler, then you compose the WebSocket handling stuff on that specific thing. So, so the, your routes function really turns into a nice, like, index of endpoints and the resources they need and then the special middleware they need. Yeah, I think we, we, we've done this several places in our applications and it really ends up being a, a benefit is to have, like, sections of code where it's kind of like a table. It's like... This is the place where you go to look to see where the where the endpoints are. This is the place you go to know what all the components are in our application. This is the place you go, you know. And so it's kind of like having different directories in our code that really uh, make it make it simple to understand uh, what is available and what is what is provided. Um, instead of things being too dynamically as- assembled from different namespaces and spread out all over the place. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that, that, routes, that routes table ends up being that for us. 
Yeah, and so then routes takes those resource arguments. And so then when you're setting up your server, like your HTTP kit server, your Jetty server, whatever, and you're using the ring abstraction, you have to hand it that single function, right? All all of the web <laughs> as a function. <laughs> One um, function. Yeah, so you make that function, like we we make that function by calling routes and and passing it the DB handle and all that. And then it gives us that function back. And now everything is all wired up and ready to go. And you can just hand that to Jetty and you're off to the races. It's quite it's quite it's it's quite a nice way to manage our resources. Yes, yes it is. And it, and it works out well, right? And so then when you're when you're tearing everything down, you're calling stop on everything, you know, um you shut down the server, etc. and and then if you're using component, it's nice things can go up and down, so it'll reset it up again, it'll recompose it again. Um like if you're using a REPL-oriented workflow like we do. And so, uh, it, yeah, it's it's a great way of both communicating to developers like what resources are needed and where, kind of managing those in a clean way, not using like a global. I guess we didn't talk about that option. <laughs> not using the global database handle that gets initialized <laughs> on on application start. Uh, I'm just laughing because I've done it. So, <laughs> well, I, I, and 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 speaking of globals, not every app is an enterprise app. And has to scale to millions of people. Like, if you if a global gets you off the ground, then use that global for a while. Like, it is okay. Don't do not feel ashamed yes. of globals. Um, yes. But but then yeah, move 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 towards something a little more uh, componenty uh, as as you can. You know, as as resources allow. <laughs> cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's a good amount for the week. Um, so, uh, if anyone else out there, uh, has any thoughts on resource management, uh, or, uh, yet another way we could, we could stitch things up, uh, please let us know, reach out. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, how do you do resource management in your web applications for those of you who have already walked down this road, or if you're learning, um, is there a thing you're stuck in or is there something's unclear? We could explain some more. Uh, we definitely, we want to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Closure Design or send us email, feedback at closuredesign.club or or come on over and hop in our Closurian Slack uh, podcast channel and it's Closure dash des- it's Closure Design dash podcast on the Closurian Slack. <laughs> yes, you will see a theme, Closure Design and closuredesign.club is our website where you can see uh, the notes from this episode and our past episodes and uh, all of those show notes. There's uh, quite a lot of content out there. Um, and we'll, we'll link to the interesting things that we mentioned this episode, but there's a lot of good stuff out there for you to listen to. Yeah, go go check it out. Uh, listen, uh, check out the links. And um, we will be back again next week to uh, continue our discussion of the thing we love, closure programming. But until then, thanks for listening.